When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher? Doctor? Scientist? How about all of the above plus some? Ferdinand Fred de Mara, also known as the Great Imposter, rose to fame back in the 50s with his impressive credentials. Only, it wasn't exactly his resume he was beefing up. Fred was born in Massachusetts in 1921. As a kid, he loved playing tricks on people. He discovered his gift of manipulation when he managed to trick a local candy store owner into giving him free chocolate. Smart kid. Since his dad was a projection operator in a local movie theater, Fred grew up being surrounded by photos of actors and movie stars. Perhaps that was his inspiration for things to come. At age 16, Fred ran away to join a monastery and become a monk. He left the monastery four years later and decided to join the army. But no sooner had he started his training than he realized he'd made a mistake and started looking for a ticket out of there. Well, that ticket ended up being Anthony Ignolia, Fred's tentmate. Under Ignolia's name, Demara joined the Navy. While he was there, he'd go through university catalogs in his free time and read the credentials of each professor. That's how he got the idea to steal a different identity that would help him become a teacher. He picked the name Dr. Robert Linton French, who was an actual researcher at Yale University at the time. Damara even managed to acquire all the documents he needed to become Dr. French, such as a birth certificate, marriage license, university degrees, and so on. After he got all these papers, Fred set off for his new adventure to expand his knowledge and study philosophy and ethics. Hmm, ethics, how ironic. But believe it or not, he did excel in these fields of study. Once old Freddy was all studied up, he started a new life teaching psychology at a university in Erie, Pennsylvania, under Dr. French's name, of course. But that temporary career was short-lived as well, since he was obviously the type of guy who gets bored easily. Soon enough, he left Erie and headed to Los Angeles, where he worked as a medical assistant at a sanitarium. Looks like he made quite a resume for Dr. French in just a short span of time. Now, no surprises here, being a medical assistant wasn't the job for him. But he did acquire a lot of medical knowledge that would benefit him later on. So, after handing in his resignation at the sanitarium, the man of many vocations moved to Washington State to teach psychology at St. Martin's University. He really liked it there and actually started settling down to his new life. But that's a big no-no for any person who makes a living out of fraud, and this mistake would eventually come back to bite him. While in Washington, Damara even became friends with a local sheriff, Frank Tamblin. Perhaps he was living under the philosophy of keep your enemies closer, but that didn't stop the police from investigating this ubiquitous Dr. French. One day, his sheriff buddy, Frank, showed up and arrested him. Damara would then spend 18 months in the San Pedro prison in California. After he completed his sentence, he went back home to Massachusetts. But you know what they say, old habits die hard. And soon enough, Fred was right back at it again. His new persona was Dr. Cecil Hammond, a biologist from Kentucky. Using this guy's credentials, Fred got a job as a research biologist at a Harvard-affiliated hospital. 
but the restless spirit got bored once again, so he bounced from Massachusetts to Maine, and then up to Canada, where he started studying theology. And that's when Demara became friends with Dr. Joseph Sear. During the time they spent together, Dr. Sear shared with Fred, still under the guise of the great biologist Dr. Hammond, by the way, his desire to get his American medical license. So the Canadian physician asked his American colleague for help with that. Fred agreed, and Sear gave Demara all his qualifications to take back to Maine to get him that license. I guess you understand what a huge mistake that was. Not long after that, a certain Dr. Sear would be enlisted as a surgeon for the Canadian Navy. That, of course, was our imposter Fred DeMara with the doc's papers. So, the spring of 1951 rolls around, and the Navy surgeon gets called to sail to Korea on the ship Cayuga. While on board, he was able to do minor routine treatments on the soldiers. But the real test was to come once they landed in Korea. There, the false Dr. Sear would end up doing life-saving surgery on a soldier who had been wounded in the chest by a bullet. And despite the fact that this guy had never performed a surgery in his life, let alone one near the heart, the procedure was a success. Perhaps to his advantage, the ship's crew had witnessed the whole thing, which gained Damara some points on his medical credibility. Once on shore in Korea, Fred became very well known for his charity work there. Naturally, all the stories of his successful surgeries and good work caught the attention of the media and newspapers. Now, imagine this. The real Dr. Sear read about his own medical achievements abroad in the headlines. I'll bet that was a bit shocking. Anyway, he got in touch with the authorities right away. And the captain was forced to send Fred back to Canada, despite not believing that his amazing surgeon was an imposter given the fact that he'd witnessed and experienced Fred's medical successes firsthand. After the Canadian authorities had finally discovered Damara's true identity, they also found out about the other identities he'd used. He was then deported back to the US, where he returned to his parents' house, broke as a joke. He was in desperate need for money, so he decided to do an interview for Life magazine with the headline, The Fake Navy Doctor. He thought this way he'd be able to publicly apologize and share his side of the story. After the interview, he took a few temporary jobs here and there that helped him pay the bills until he finally disappeared without a trace. Was this the end of Fred DeMara's adventures for good? Nope, not at all. In 1955, he reappeared in Texas under the guise of Dr. Benjamin Jones. He worked as a professor for a while, but moved on to become a prison guard. And here's how he proved his manipulative genius. You see, he knew that getting a job at the Department of Corrections wouldn't be easy. So he purposely sent his application to the wrong department. Then his application was forwarded to the correct department, making it look like he'd gotten recommended by that first one. Job seekers, take notes. Well, the ingenious maneuver must have worked because he got the job and became lieutenant of the guards at one of the prisons. Like with a lot of previous false vocations, Demara actually excelled at this job too. He was then promoted to deputy warden. However, his new success didn't last long, and one of the prisoners recognized him from his interview with Life. Before he even got confronted, he fled the prison. It's now the summer of 1956, 
and the great imposter has returned to Maine for his new adventure as English and Latin teacher Martin Godgard. And, unsuspectedly, one of the kid's moms had also read the Life magazine interview, recognized the teacher as a fraud, and took matters into her own hands. She managed to trick the trickster into leaving his fingerprints on a drinking glass. She then sent the prints to the FBI, and on February 14, 1957, Damara was arrested. However, he was only given a two-month probation period for teaching without a license. Finally, after that, Fred realized that his fame had already gotten too big to be able to pull this stuff off any longer. Unfortunately, or fortunately for the identity theft victims, he had to give up the fraudster lifestyle due to his health. He became a chaplain in a hospital in California and went on to live a quiet life. Nobody really knows why Fred DeMara had spent so many years stealing identities. Perhaps it was the rush, the adventure, or a thirst for something new. According to what he told his own biographer, it was all about grabbing loose, unused power lying about. And always opening up new ventures so that you never encroach on anyone else's domain. That might explain how he was able to do it. But as for the why… I guess we can only speculate. So why do you think Fred DeMara stole all those identities and worked successfully in these people's professions? Let me know your theories down in the comments. And if you learned something new today, then give this video a like and share it with your friends. But hey, don't go anywhere just yet. We have over 2,000 cool videos for you to check out. All you have to do is pick the left or right video, click on it, and enjoy. Stay on the Bright Side of Life!